Everybody, welcome to Terminal Transmissions. Coming at you again. We're still doing it. <laughs> Episode nine. Yeah, I thought for sure we'd be dead by now. Yeah, absolutely. I thought we were gonna hit seven and then just give up. Yeah, well, that was the milestone. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we've been putting off doing a podcast for like at least two years. Mm-hmm. So I thought once we start this podcast, we're gonna die. Like for sure, <laughs> we're gonna die. I saw that meteorite this morning, and I thought I was done. I thought yeah. I was gonna get me. Unfortunately, not. So, for, for me and you, not just for you, as a friend. So <laughs> That was a mean bit. <laughs> so, we, do those, we do those bits around here. It's true. So, we've got a ton of stuff to talk about tonight, and I'm really excited about it. And most of it is Game of Thrones related. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of Game of Thrones stuff. That, it was a really good episode last night. Yeah, episode nine, tied with the podcast again. <laughs> no, There were, have been no time skips. Yeah. Um, we only have one more, though. And then after next week, it's never going to do that again. Then what are we going to talk about? <sighs> I don't know. We're going to have to find something. Some other show. Whole wide world of television. Um, yeah. So spoiler alert. Yeah. It's Game of Thrones time. Absolutely. And this was a spoilerific episode and we're going to get balls deep in it. Yeah. <laughs> Which Our- is the place where all the Rohirrim led everyone oh, to hide no. from. Uh, okay. So let's jump right into it. So Daenerys was shown. Marine was still under siege. She was really mad at Tyrion for one second, and then that seemed to go away. It almost seemed like she was doing a bit. Yeah. Like she was trolling him a little bit. Yeah, she was Troll. like... Troll. Oh. Well, it was cool because she was all pissed off, and Tyrion was all scared, and then that led to something that was really neat that I didn't expect, which was that Tyrion got to talk to her about the Mad King. Right. Which I really liked. It was a, it was a really cool exchange. And then also, he got to reveal that Eris was killed by Jamie because of the wildfire, etc. Right. Which is kind of strange because Daenerys, maybe it was because they were under siege at the time, but Daenerys was like not surprised by that, which is really strange. Like she was like, she just took it in stride, 100%. Tyrion said it, and she was like, yeah, well, that's different from what I'm about to do with these dragons, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I said destroy cities. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it was really neat. She... They did a they did a cool they did a cool little like twist where they went and met with the masters and the masters were like, All right, now y'all are gonna have to do this and this and this and this and then she was like, Oh fuck off. This is Drogon and he's enormous now. I think they just make him quite a bit bigger every single time they show yeah, him. Yeah, even within like this season. Yeah. Like the last time that they showed him when she was giving that huge speech to the Dothraki, he was big as fuck. And in this one, he's just a castle. Yeah. Like he just landed on that thing, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, he was big enough to party. Yeah, and then the other two dragons escaped from the underground passageway thing, and they came out, and they just rip-roar ready to go kill a whole bunch of masters and ships. But they melted, like, one boat, and that yeah. was the end. <laughs> I feel like the budget was like, we can destroy one ship. Yeah. So they were like, okay, well... Because, yeah, they just they, they fucked up one ship. They but, didn't then they, like, but then they get all the rest of them now. Yeah, it's true. And so I really liked that. I liked that exchange. Then Grey Worm executed two of the three. The two that like, were like the cowards. Yeah. They were like, kill this guy because he was kind of not. He was lowborn. They used the word lowborn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was really cool seeing all the dragons. I am bummed out. First, first of my I'm bummed out about things in the Game of Thrones for this episode was that they've really not done a good job with differentiating the dragons at all besides Drogon. And they make them basically look identical. And dragons are supposed to be very, very, like, unique. And they're supposed to be, like, their coloration, first and foremost, is very particular. Where, like, Rhaegal is supposed to be, like, green with, like, bronze and, and oranges. And Viserion is supposed to be white with yellow. And Drogon is supposed to be black with red. And that's, like, the only one they got right. Yeah. Rhaegal and um, Viserion Viserion are basically, like, twins. Yeah. They're just the same size, same shape, same everything. And they gave them, like, a palette swap. Tiny Barely. Yeah. You can can almost not tell. There was one 
scene where they when they first started flying up and you could you could see that one of them was slightly yellowish and one was slightly greenish but he's supposed like Rhaegal's supposed to be like an emerald right and they just made him like slightly greenish reptilian and I was like make him more yeah. like make him more fantasy less real lizards yeah. it's a it's it touched the feel of cotton <laughs> they're yeah. basically the same and also another thing that they haven't done from the books is that another cool little thing that I guess was a little too fantasy for them was in the books, Dragonfire is supposed to be like different colors. Right. Balerion, who was the original, the Black Dread, who was uh, Egg on the Conqueror's dragon, he had Blackfire. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's why his sword was called Blackfire. And Drogon is supposed to have black flames with like red lightning running through it. And he just has red fire. And Rhaegal's is supposed to be like orange, like an unnatural orange. And then Viserion's is supposed to be yellow. And then they, they were just all just regular fire red. And I was like, guys, but anyway, that's not a huge deal. It was just like, that would have been a little bit cool. Whatever. It was still really, really, really neat. And I liked it a lot. Uh, then uh, Yara shows up. Yara and Theon show up. And it proceeded to be one of the coolest scenes for me in Game of Thrones from the beginning. Oh, yeah. They had so much chemistry and they had this cool like sexual tension, like flirtatious banter going on. And I loved it. And it was extra, extra cool because in like two episodes ago, Yara fully showed that she has lesbian tendencies, if not is just fully a lesbian. So it was extra. Yeah. I, I the, One of my favorite things about that scene, besides just the dialogue in general, it was really, really well written. But it was like Tyrion and... Um, Theon were talking the whole time, right. but they really had no purpose for even being in the room. Right, right. Yeah, it was just it was just like Yara and Daenerys partying. I also loved it because at one point, so Yara's basically asking for like emancipation under Daenerys's rule. Right, and like she's even fully not even just saying like I'll be your vassal. She's fully just like I want my kingdom. You get six kingdoms. Yeah, and that's really cool. And it was really neat because Tyrion's like. Basically, like, this sets up a negative precedent. Like, this sets up a really bad precedent. Like, what's going to happen when the other lords start demanding? And Daenerys is like, she's not demanding, she's asking. And yep. I was like, oh, okay. But it was, in general, it was a really, really cool scene. Like I said, it was one of my favorite scenes in Game of Thrones to date. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. All of us have, uh, all of our dads were evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we all had bad dads. Yeah, and then you think about it for one second, and you're like... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they all had monsters for dads. Yeah. Herman Munster. Um, and honestly, my, my favorite bit in the whole scene was just like Yara reaching out for like just a full grown handshake and Danny like looking over at Tyrion like, is that, should I just shake her hand? Like, is that <laughs> how we're sealing this deal right now? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, just get you a handful. And grab then that she wrist. Got, and it was, yeah, I was, I was about to say it wasn't even her hand. She did like the, the, like the fucking full, full, like the Hercules right. from the nineties arm shake. And that was about it for that. Then we jump over to, I guess, what the main meat of the episode, which is the Battle of the Bastards. Also known as the Snowdown. <laughs> and so it was it was just in, insanity. It, it, it was it was crazy in every in every regard. They sit down or well, first, before any of that, they kind of meet. Well, they they didn't kind of meet. They met. Jon Snow got to come face to face with Ramsay. Uh, Shaggy Dog's head was tossed out again. They brought that back. They were like, oh, yeah, we ha- definitely have your brother because we have this big-ass wolf's head. They basically exchange words. Sansa's like, you're going to die tomorrow to Ramsey, which was rad. And then they go back to the tent. And this is where... Wait, no, no, first. First, Ramsey tried to intimidate Davos and Tormund, which is mm. like the funniest shit that's ever happened on oh, film. Yeah. yeah, they didn't give a shit. My dogs are going to get you. And they <laughs> yeah. were just like... <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, Lady Mormont was there. Just being like a 10 year old girl. She was making a stank face in the background. Oh yeah. She was just like staring them down harder than anyone's ever stared anyone down in in life. And it was awesome. She like, I don't even think she had a single line in the scene. That was like the only moment she was in the whole episode. Yeah. And, but she was killing it. I, I want more of her in the show. Yeah. They should keep her around. And then, so this was another thing that annoyed me. So they go back to like that night and they go to prep for battle and they're drawing up a fight plan. And then everyone leaves except for Sansa and John. Sansa's basically like, Oh, you just think you have it all figured out. And John's like, well, yeah, I mean, this is the best thing we can do, etc. I'm trained in war and I've fought all these people beyond the wall. And Sansa's basically like, 
you need to let me in on these meetings and stuff. And he's like, okay, totally. What should we do? And then she didn't tell him that like the Vale army was coming. Right. And that actually really annoyed me that she's fully like, yeah, you know, I can contribute. And she totally can. But her only contribution is like, you shouldn't underestimate him. He's going to trick you. Yeah. Which he did. Which he absolutely did. And so, yeah, like that, she was right. But she could have right then been like, hey, by the way, I didn't tell you this before, but Littlefinger is at Moat Kalen with a whole mess of troops from the Vale. Also, why doesn't John know that? Like, how did they hide an army just like in the north? I mean, it's in the south. of. But the it north. was like multiple thousands of, of men and they were all on horseback. Yeah. It was like it was like. Thousands and thousands and thousands of cavalry. Yeah, and you don't... Like, y'all haven't kept abreast of this? This is crazy. Also, where the fuck are the Manderleys? I keep bringing that up, like, every episode. (laughs) But they've forgotten about the Manderleys. They just mentioned them, like, four times, and then they're like, Manderleys don't exist. Right. Well, one thing that I noticed, and I thought this was a little weird, too, was where were the Manderleys? (laughs) Right. Where the fuck are the Manderleys? We did see the Hornwoods, which is really cool. I think it was the first time that Hornwood Manners had been shown. Watching Game of Thrones with Garrett and watching him like fist pump and like scream when shit pops up because it's like all he cares about is just seeing more banners. That's like all he cares about. It's true. I like the little details. So anyway, yeah, so Sansa doesn't tell Jon that the Vale army is marching to help them, which totally would have helped a hell of a lot. And I think a lot of people wouldn't have died. Yeah. So that's probably... That's probably a big fuck up on her part, but I love Sansa, so we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going. So they go to fight the next day. Is that the next thing that happened? Oh no! So Davos. Oh yeah, the thing. Yeah, so, yeah, so Davos went on a walk. He said he, he. It was actually a really cool scene between he and Tormund. He said that he couldn't sleep before a fight, and so he just walked all night. I mean, it's really cool. Also, that scene was beautiful. Yeah. He walked far enough away so that everyone couldn't hear him shitting his guts out, is what he said. <laughs> yeah. And so he's walking around, and it's it's this beautiful scene of the sun coming up, and everything's white, and it's just absolutely Yeah, it beautiful. looked like everything like felt kind of like frosted. Yeah. Like you could feel like there was like f- like ice particles in the air. Yeah. And then he finds the remnants of the pyre that Princess Shireen was killed at. And he was he loved Princess Shireen. And he finds the little stag that he had carved for her. Yeah, like burnt in the wreckage. And so I had totally... Yeah, he didn't know. He never knew. Yeah, I totally had forgotten that he never knew that Princess Shireen was was burned by Melisandre by order of Stannis. And I feel like foreshadowing, I feel like that's about to Oh, yeah, it's almost five shadowing. (laughs) I feel feel like Melisandre might be catching a whole sword next ep. I, I that would actually be really cool. But if nothing else, she's gonna get a stern Davos talking to. So what happens to John if she dies? I have no idea. Is she like a vessel or a conduit in any in any regard? Not that I know of, but we haven't seen it happen because the only in the books, the only ones that we know about are Thoros of Mir doing it. I mean, I I, I think he would be fine, but you never know. Yeah, it might. She might actually be necessary. Who knows? Anyway, so then there's the actual battle, and which was bonkers, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, it, it was. It looked like a movie. It didn't look like something that I would expect in a TV show. Yeah, if I had just seen that clip, not knowing what it was from, when they're like charging in with like the cavalry and everything, I would have just thought that this, this is a movie. It was. It was more. It was more like well thought out and better choreographed and more like graphic and just more beautiful than like. Braveheart, right, or like Kingdom of Heaven, or like right. any any war movie, any like medieval battle in yeah. a movie, right. in like a in like a triple A like big budget Hollywood movie. Yeah, absolutely. It was breathtaking, and it, I, my heart was pounding out of my chest. Oh yeah. There's there's one scene. There's one point where John gets knocked down. I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but John gets. I knocked mean, down. we don't need to like. Yeah, that's true. Let's go step by step through the fight. But yeah, John gets knocked down and he's getting like trampled and I like couldn't breathe. And I've never, I was saying this after the episode, I, I've never had like claustrophobia or anything in my life. And I like fully felt claustrophobic. Yeah. I was like, oh God, this is, this is rough. I like fully felt like I was about to have an anxiety attack, like watching him get like trampled. Yeah. And so they did a really good job of making it feel like he was in a small space and you were in a small space. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That, like the lighting that they did with that in that shot was incredible. So before the battle pops off though, they of course had to have Ramsey do like one last, th- well, okay. He did two more things, but he brings out Rickon 
And of course he's like, Oh, we're going to, I got to do some, I'm going to do some violent bit. Yeah. And so he's like, run to your brother, like run, run to them and you're, you'll totally be safe. And which is like, Oh, of course he's going to start shooting arrows at him. This kind of pissed me off too. Not that Ramsey did that. I, I, I totally get that. But you know, they made this huge deal, you know, after the red wedding and everything of the North remembers and the North remembers and the North remembers and all this shit. And all about how like the North, the Northmen are so incredibly loyal and they remembered and, and all this shit. And they, they were so loyal to the Starks to the day they die. And then they just stand there and watch the rightful Lord and heir of house Stark just get arrows shot at him by a monster. And not one of them, not one of them is like, Oh, this is fucked up and I can't stand for this. And I honestly, I thought that like Umber was going to do it. Maybe. Like, because he was standing right there. And I was like... They made him just a full villain. Yeah. And I was like, maybe he's finally going to be like, okay, hang on. Like, this is too much. Like, I overstepped my bounds and uh-uh. I, I had a heel face turn. And I was... I wanted it to happen so badly because, yeah, they, they introduced him out of nowhere. And then, yeah, he did a scumbag thing giving him to Rick on. And then it's like, come on, just let this be a fucking trick. Or at least have a fucking turn or let some of your, you know, army or one of the other umbers that are there, let them be like, we can't fucking stand for this and have, have some kind of thing, nothing. And you fully have just fuckloads of Northern people, car Starks, umbers, shitloads of Boltons, among other people. They they had other Northmen with them and nothing. And I was, I was really, really pissed off about this. I was like really thinking about it afterward. And I'm like, they really did just throw away that, like the North remembers they did one thing with that one woman trying to save Sansa. Yeah. And that was it. That was all that they ever did. And Sansa even brought it up like the North will like fight for us. No, you got, you got Bear Island. You got the Mormonts. No one else fucking cares about the Starks. And that, I don't know that to me, it, that sucks. And I'm not even talking about it. I'm not even talking about it from like a, oh, but I read the books thing. I'm not, I'm even just talking about shit that's in the show. Right. They, t- they talked about all of this stuff and then they just kind of were like, oh, whoops, whatever. So and a- another thing is, where are the fucking Manderleys? <laughs> yeah, where the fuck are the Manderleys? They'll be they'll be there. They're going to save him from from uh, Peter Baelish. Yeah. So Rickon gets killed right in front of a shitload of Northmen. Yep. And no one cares except for John, who immediately gets tricked. Yep. Does some dumb shit and gets a lot of people killed about it. Good going, John. Then. The battle's joined. John's life or unlife is saved. And then Ramsey does his final thing. Right. And he starts calling in arrow volleys down on his own men. Yep. And. Well, no, he still did one more shitty thing after that. Did he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, and this, this again, tying back into the last thing, this pissed me off too. Because again, his men are just like, oh yeah, we should just keep mar- marching in and he's calling arrows down on us and then at one point lord umber is like okay now me and my men are gonna go in there and it's like in what right mind would you do that you are watching him call down arrows on his own men and you're like oh we should go into that too though we want arrows called down on us as well that seems like a great idea but he just did it and again i was like no one's going to be like, man, this guy's a fucking monster. Maybe we maybe we should fight for these other guys. Anyway, they didn't want to play that. They wanted to play it straight. Whatever. It was still awesome. They um, made, uh, they made uh, the Umber just like a mini boss. Yeah. Then uh, the the Umbers form a phalanx, which is actually kind of cool because we like hadn't seen anything like that. We'd only ever seen in Westeros like just like regular battles. We'd never seen anyone do anything like crazy tactically like that. And so, yeah, John and the Northern Army and the Wildlings are just getting fucked up. And they're basically just dead to rights. They're just pinned in. And then, of course, dun dun dun, dun we get the Vale Army, who apparently just entirely consists of errands. Yep. And they, they show up and they just mop up in like one second. They just completely and utterly. They don't destroy. even like draw weapons. They just run over everyone with horses. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just, it was like one fell swoop. They just cleaned up. Yep. So Ramsey decided to, to split these. But yeah, again, I know I'm, I'm bitching a lot in this, <laughs> this, this episode, but it's so annoyed me that it's supposed to be like the Knights of the Vale. And then it's just Aaron Banners. He even said in like three episodes ago, like he 
Ask Bronze Jan Royce, Lord of Runestone, Lord of House Royce. All right, you're going to lead it, though. And then you don't even see a, a Royce banner. He wasn't even there. Yeah. And he's supposed to be the guy. He's like Peter Baelish doesn't know a fuck all yeah. about leading. It was just Sansa and Littlefinger sitting there smirking on their horses and like an army running past them. Yeah. And it's like, where the fuck is Bronze Jan? And like, where is even one other Vale banner? Yeah. And I thought I figured going into that. I think I even mentioned it last episode. Like I, I figured that it was just going to be like Aaron and Royce. Right. Which already was annoying to me that it was it was just going to be like the two of them. It wasn't even that. We didn't even get that much. We got yep. one banner. Which, don't get me wrong, the Aaron banner is like my favorite one, so that's fucking dope. But I was so annoyed by this. Just It's like there are so many cool Vale houses. And all again, did you spend all of your budget on the dragons and you couldn't just have cloth made? You couldn't just have like a like two two or three more banners behind you? Anyway. Take that, Garrett. Yeah. Uh, Tor- Tormund, like, bit Lord Umber's fucking throat out. Yep. He was getting his ass beat. <laughs> and then, and he, then uh, he got distracted by the army for, like, one second. And Tormund literally just tore his throat out with his teeth and killed him. I thought it was his ear for a second. Oh, no. He and got then, some meat. Yeah. And then and then it was just totally his throat. Yeah. And he was, like, losing. Yeah. Yeah. He was getting his ass kicked. So then Ramsay decides to scoot and gets back into Winterfell. And he's like... Well, we have Winterfell. They can't even, they don't even have any men at all. They can't even get. And then John, Tormund, and 1 1 break off and just run up on their own, pretty much. Yeah. And then, big surprise, guess what? 1 1 punches the door down. (laughs) Which, that's also a funny thing because it's like, wait, that's all? That's all you've got? Like, Winterfell's, like, only defense is, like, this one door that, like, a giant can smash through? Like, because in in the books and everything, Winterfell is supposed to have two curtain walls. Right. They're, like, 100 feet tall. And so even a giant would have some right, but that was that was just George R. R. Martin saying a number. <laughs> yeah, Five hundred feet tall. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, it's supposed to be like a not. It's not the most impregnable castle, but it's supposed to be pretty nasty. And it was just like this little bitty wall. Well, that was like the dog door. Yeah. It was. It's like that's all. Anyway, it was cool though. I loved the scene. One one fucking punched through it and was getting just fucked up. And oh yeah. Didn't they they like speared his hand to the, to the, oh, the door. And, and then he, he just, he pulled a saw. Yeah. He just <laughs> split his own hand in half, like ripping it off the spears Ugh. so that he could keep busting the door down. Yeah. It was fucking dope. But then, so he runs in, he busts the door down, he runs in, he's just tore up. He's got arrows and spears all in him. Uh, but then all the, the remaining wildlings come in behind them and start killing everyone. So one one like falls to his knees and there's this awesome moment of like sort of like connection between John and one one where they're like looking at each other. Uh, and then Ramsey shoots one one in the eye with yep. an arrow and kills him. Yeah, it's gonna be. And then and then so when they first met the previous day, John had been like, let's just do this one on one. You know, let's just settle this without an army. And Ramsey was like, of course, I'm not going to do that. And yeah. So. Yeah, in particular dickhead fashion, Ramsey's like, now let's do it. Now Except that you've that- been like crushed to death and like beaten and stabbed and like <laughs> yeah. trampled and muddied and bloodied and yeah. I'm totally mint condition, now let's fight. And I'm you have eat- a sword and I have a bow. Yep. But John didn't give a fuck about that and he grabbed, there was just like a Mormont shield there, which I, I love that that was the-, the little tidbit is that there's like 62 Mormonts and somehow one of them got in there with him yep. and he got a shield. And so... John Persi- I love that it wasn't even like a contest. Oh, he just beat him instantly. Yeah. It, he like fired arrows at him and he just was like, oh, I just block all your arrows. And then I just close the distance and beat the living fuck out of you, which was awesome. He hit him like 4,000 times. Yeah. He hit him. He, he cowboy Cerrone him. <laughs> so yeah. flashback to Ramsey with his shirt off and an ax and Yara being terrified of him and yeah. fleeing. And now knowing that he just had zero abilities. Yeah, and that was that was another thing I was thinking of that they made him in that one fight. They made him like terrifying, and he had just like a knife and wasn't afraid to just fight Ironborn, yep. which is insanity to me. And then yeah, he was like, "Oh, I'm just a coward, and all I've got is archery." And he just beat him instantly. Yeah, he like walked up, hit him with the shield. Ramsey fell, and then John just mounted him and ground and pounded the shit out of him. Yeah, and then I thought that he was just gonna be like, "All right, Sansa, kill him right now," but no, they did something cooler. And yeah, he had, it was awesome because earlier in the previous day, he was like, I haven't fed my dogs for seven days. This was when he was trying to intimidate uh, Davos and Tormund. Yeah. And so he's like, I haven't fed my dogs in seven days. They're ravenous. They're going to get you. Yeah. And so Sansa just sticks him in the kennels and is like, oh, oh yeah. How you like them apples, France? And he's like, 
my dogs aren't my hounds are loyal they're not gonna they're not gonna attack me no you got your whole face eaten off. oh yeah they ate him and then Sans just walked off and smiled yeah she just she was like she like turned away like she was gonna walk away for a second and then she was like no i'm gonna i'm gonna lock this in oh yeah so i think i think that's about everything oh and so now now what i'm scared of is that basically that was the entire northern forces mm-hmm. and they're like all gone there right. was like 12 dudes left. Yep. And now Peter Baelish is right there with the entire Vale army. Yep. Basically the entire, every, pretty much every like Northern army from every house just obliterated each other down to like 30 guys. Yeah. And then little figures there yeah. with the entire Vale army at Winterfell. Yeah. So they just, just had its defenses wrecked. Yeah. And so now it's like, and now what I'm scared of is that I'm, you know, little finger, of course is going to be like, all right, Sansa, now we get married and now I control the Vale and the North and I'm the Lord Paramount of the Riverlands. So I control three of the seven kingdoms at this point. I'm hoping, and I'm, I'm going to bring it back in. I'm hoping to God that now the Manderleys are going to come in, because I don't understand what else can happen unless they just do where like Sansa is just like, Oh, I just stabbed you. In yeah. The- I just killed you. Yeah, like that's the only other thing that I could even possibly imagine happening yeah. is that she's like, yeah, I'll totally marry you. Oh, no, I just stabbed you in the throat. It's weird to me. He's been in like two episodes this season and mm-hmm. he's manipulated like half of the show. Yeah. No, he's an awesome character. He's he's one of the best. He's one of the most well done characters in the show and in the books. He's a fantastic character. But yeah, it's I mean, that's obviously what he's doing. The only other thing that scares me about that is if Sansa does just kill him, what would happen? Like Robin is just going to be like, okay, well now just destroy Winterfell and take the north. Like it's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't, unless you ally with Daenerys. Maybe. But that could happen too, because Tyrion and Sansa. Maybe that's when like Bronzeon Royce will stop sucking. Maybe. Hopefully. Like maybe if Littlefinger's dead and he can't manipulate. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That would be cool. Um, But it's starting to get. To the, it's starting to get down to the wire. Yeah. Because now the kingdoms are almost split mm-hmm. into into like two armies at this point. Right. It's right. getting there. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it's going to be the final countdown. Yeah. So the only other thing that could happen is if it's played straight, which I don't see it happening, and Sansa just marries Littlefinger. And Littlefinger's like, cool, now I control the north and the, the veil. Now, because I still feel the setup being Jon versus Daenerys. So I think Littlefinger is going to get taken out some somehow, some way. Yeah, and I see that happening with Sansa. I think I think that that would make sense because gonna, he did totally betray her, and she totally does know that. Well, yeah, and at this point, we they've gone, they've done a really good job of like building her character in this season and like empowering her and making her be like and actually having like a good storyline. Right, absolutely. But her one huge mistake was, even though he saved the day, right, trusting was trusting Littlefinger yeah. and going back to him for help. So mm-hmm. hopefully it turns out that she was manipulating him the whole time. Yeah, yeah. That's what I that's what I want to happen and that's what I hope happens and I totally hope that that she kills him. So one last little bitty thing. So in the books there's oh god. There, there's this there's this prophecy uh from a long time ago chronologically. And everything I think from it has come to pass except for like one thing which could have meant one thing could have meant another thing. And it says that it saw a girl who is definitely Sansa destroyed a giant and Peter Baelish's house sigil is actually a giant. It's not a mockingbird. His personal sigil is a mockingbird. And so I think that that means that Sansa is going to kill Littlefinger. Oh, dang. Yeah. Well, I don't think they'll cram that into the last episode though. Right. That'll probably happen next season. Yeah. That's what I would think. He'll probably do something real shitty and come out on top at the end of the finale. Right. Yeah. I I think he's going to make a big push. And then we'll see how that goes. But I, I foresee it going, her being like, okay, like I, I get it and let's, let's do it. Like just, you know, to solidify, you did help out and now we do need the veil army. And then I, but I think that she's going to pull, pull a move. Right. Which would be rad. But it was a great episode. One Fantastic of the best. Episode. Yeah. I, I absolutely think it was one of the best, even though I know that I did bitch about like seven different things that happened in it. I did absolutely love the episode and it was one of my favorite episodes. If not my favorite episode again, tons of all time. Yeah. It had a lot of cool moments. Yeah. So sidestepping to Preacher, which is arguably the best show on TV right now. <laughs> I mean, it's subjective. It's not. Um, but like even him, show. even him watching his favorite episode of Game of Thrones was able to find things about it that annoyed him. I'm having an incredibly difficult time finding anything wrong with Preacher. 
Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's it so like good. keeps getting better to me. It keeps getting better. Yeah. I keep thinking like, okay, well, this has set the tone for season one. So it'll just kind of level out and the episodes will be this good for the right. rest of the season. And then at each episode, I'm just like, dang, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah. This is just awesome. So it was uh, episode four mm-hmm. or episode three, if you consider the pilot yeah, a zero. Yeah. Some people do. It was great. It was absolutely great. It had tons of like awesome scenes, lots of like it had action, it had violence as you do. Yeah. Uh, it had lots of character development, it had lots of story building, yeah. um, exposition without just saying it at you. Love it. It's uh, <laughs> the best kind. That's the best kind. It's the only kind. Um, <laughs> but so we started off with basically prostitute paintball. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the girls from Toadvine Whorehouse were running through the forest at night, and they you kind of get like, oh no, what's happening? Something scary is <laughs> happening. Uh, and one of them gets like quote shot and like blood sprays out of her. Uh, but then you very quickly find out that it's just paintball right. and all of the, uh, the patrons right. yeah, are just chasing these, these girls with paintball guns in the night. Weird. Yeah, very weird. Very um, weird. But so the, the girl who is sort of the focus of the, of the scene, she like falls into like a slurp hole. <laughs> she falls in like a sinkhole and gets like just glormed up by mud dirt and dies. So that's the beginning of the episode. And you're like, Oh, okay. That was wild. Right. So then cut to the next day. They're like, pulling her corpse out of this mud hole and all the girls there and all the guys are there. Uh, and Odin, Ken Cannon, turns out his name is Ken Cannon, not Quinn Cannon. Yeah, we only ever read it. We'd only ever read it. Can't um, be held he, accountable for he that. He shows up to like, cause this is his land. So he shows up to like give like a speech on a literal soapbox. Uh, and he's basically like, he gets up on the soapbox with a microphone and he's basically just like, um, no, be more careful. If y'all are going to be out of here, don't, don't, don't horse around. Don't horse off and be careful. And then he just gets down and that's the end of it. Um, but you do get like a moment where you can tell that Tulip is real, not happy about oh, it. Yeah. She's real peeved off. Oh yeah. So without skipping around too much, I'm actually going to cut to the following part of this scene, mm-hmm. which is Tulip's follow up. Right. Um, no, this didn't happen in chronological order in the show, but I'm going to just talk about this next. So Tulip goes to, to the whorehouse that night to try and like get the guy who was chasing the girl who fell in the hole. Right. Uh, with a golf club. So she goes in this room and there's a figure uh, fucking some girl and she starts beating the shit out of him with a golf club and he falls out the window uh, and it was Cassidy. It wasn't even the right guy. So Cassidy's like laying on the like roof like with like glass in his neck like with the shit beating out of him. But that was really funny, you know, as that kind of stuff is super hilarious. Um, what else did we have in that episode? So we had a well, very... Oh. No, go ahead. I was going to say like even just if we want to just follow that through... Then she goes with Cass to the hospital and then right. totally finds out that Cass is a vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's in the hospital. Like, first of all, he's like doing a bit in the car. <laughs> right. Like, she's like begging, like, please, God, don't let him die. Like, I'm so sorry. I know I'm shit and I know we don't get along, but God, please don't let him die. And you, you like pans down and you see him like grinning. Uh, but then he's like pretending to like be hurt. <laughs> so they get to the hospital and she's like trying to admit him. And like the nurse is like, who? And she Tulip turns around and Cass is gone and she follows the blood trail and he's like in a blood bank just slurping blood down. Like happily. Oh yeah. He's like just not laying even trying on to hide the floor it. just like slurping blood out of bags. <laughs> yeah. um, which I love that. Yeah. I love that scene. He just he looks so happy. Oh yeah. It's just ridiculous. And it's perfect casting. It is perfect it, casting. It, it Joe really Gilgan is. is is perfect. Yeah. It's it's like absurd. I think that everyone in the show is doing a phenomenal job, but yeah. he is like it's one of those now where Cassidy can't be separated from Joe yeah. Gilgan. Yeah, I agree. And he, he's absolutely killing it. Also, his like ridiculous get up that he uses to go out in the sun. Oh, is yeah. But like, he's got like a blanket on and like a Raiden hat and like sunglasses. <laughs> I love um, it so much. Oh, yeah. And so there's that scene where he's trying to explain the, the angels to Jesse and Jesse's not buying it. He's like, is that an apple pipe? <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point. That's not what we're talking about right now. He's like, listen, those guys are I killed them. I ran over him with the van. That's why the van's fucked up. And then they came back to life. Oh, what, what were you smoking? Uh, attic insulation mostly, but that's not the point. That's not what we're talking about. It's such a good bit. Oh, yeah. I love that he just keeps being like, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been like getting fucked up on like bullshit. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, awesome. I guess if, if you can't die, then, you know, yeah, and, you're, and you're a drug addict, then just get after it. Just eat rat poison and see what happens. <laughs> Snort it. Um, so Cass met with the angels. Yeah, yeah that was... Uh, Oh, that, that was, that did happen in both episodes. Yeah. So he met with them again uh, and, and, and asked him for like a whole shitload of drugs. Yeah. I he loved. basically was like, Ooh, Jesse is a huge drug addict. <laughs> so in order to get him, I'm going to need like some Coke or like some, what are these like uppers, downers, reds, blues. I'm going to need some heroin if you got it and right. blah, 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 blah. 
uh, or, or just money, just money. And then they hand him a wallet because they're like confused, which I liked too. It keeps showing that they have no idea what is going on. Yeah. They don't know how to be humans at all. Yeah. And so he pulls out just like this huge wad of cash. And it's just like fifties and hundreds and shit. And, and Cass is like, I'll take, I'll take the lot. And this is what awesome. leads to him being at the whorehouse later. Yeah. He goes on a bender, <laughs> uh, just hammering drugs into him. And then that's how he ends up at the whorehouse later. Love it. Um, but yeah, so they explain to him like, oh yeah, this thing that we're trying to get back, we either got to cut it out with a chainsaw or we can try singing this lullaby to it. Wink and blink and a nod, it's his favorite song. And then he'll get sucked into this coffee can, which is where he normally lives. And Cass is like, okay, uh, well, I'm going to go try and just drug him, which is not real. He just wanted to get high. Right. And then um, it also shows that they have no idea what they're doing. And they're like willing to trust this fucking dude that obviously has no idea. Like, no actual intention of right. ever helping them. They, they, well, they sort of say it. Yeah. They're like, we don't have, we're alone. Like we don't yeah. have, we're not, cause they're not, you know, obviously we didn't say spoilers, but hell spoilers. If you made it this far, uh, they're not, they don't have permission to be on earth. They're not supposed yeah. to be on earth. Yeah. And uh, it's like, and so oh, I was about to spoil. Oh yeah. You can't don't book. Book. Sorry. Sorry. Don't yeah. do it. I did. I was literally about to be like, Oh, cause they're actually the whoops. words. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, uh, so they're not supposed to be on earth. So they basically admitted like, Hey, we have no choice, but to trust Cassidy and just hope that he does the right thing. Terrible, terrible spot to be in. Oh yeah. He That's like little finger. He's like butt chugging vodka after that <laughs> with their money. Um, so then we have a really, really awesome scene with actually Jesse and Odin. Yeah. And actually kind of to interject, we're, we've had, we got some flashbacks through this episode. A bunch of, of flashbacks. Jesse with his dad. Yeah, a bunch of them. Um, the original preacher. And so those are kind of cutting in and out with this scene with him yeah. and Odin because he's actually talking about his dad. So Jesse has a plan, right? He has his divine word now. So his plan is to get a bunch of people to come to the church. He's going to have a raffle for a giant TV. He's also going to have Odin come because if he can convince Odin to, to follow the Lord, then he figures everyone else in the congregation will just be like, oh, praise Jesus, I believe. Right. So he basically says, you know, my dad had all this land that you always wanted. Mark that down in your head. Uh, anyway, uh, and so he, he's like, I'll give you all that land if you come watch me preach and don't like believe in God at the end. Right. And Odin's like, yeah, okay. Totally my land now. Totally my hat. I'm drinking green tea all goddamn day. Uh, I also so, like their little rapport right there. Yeah, when yeah, they're like great. doing like the mod, the modeling and it's, it's awesome. Like how like familiar they are with one another. So they're not doing the modeling. They're, they're painting little figurines for like a battle scene. They're not doing modeling. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry. They're on the runway. <laughs> it was awesome. They were doing Magnum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they're they're painting little like battle reenactment figurines yeah. and setting them up on a on a on like a, a battle scene. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they had a really great rapport. Dominic Cooper and um, Jackie Earl Haley actually. That this episode, even though it's like the third episode that we've seen Odin, mm-hmm. it was the first time that he's had a lot of lines. Like he yeah. did actually a lot of really good acting in it. Right, but he also did stuff that wasn't just him being just a creep show right which i really liked because up until now he had just been like stereotypical villain number nine yeah he actually did businessman stuff in this one and like showed that he is like an intelligent business owner and like not just a freak show yeah and and and, yeah and he did that and then even above that like he showed like a like almost a familial side with jesse right right which, which went even farther in showing his like you know, human side as a character. And I, cause not, not that he really has a human side. Um, but yeah, it's, it was awesome. I, I, I really liked that. They, they, they did that. I would say like Odin was basically the focal point of this entire episode. Yeah. Which is really I would cool. say so. Yeah. So that happens. He goes to the church and Jesse tries like a couple of times to get him to just like say that he'll, you know, serve the Lord. Right. And of course Odin's like, no, yeah, not going to do it. Then he hits him with the, with the words. He's like, I guess I, yeah, of course I will. Yeah, I will. And then everyone in the church is, of course, like, <gasps> I think that's most of it, right? Yeah, and then heaven, heaven called on like the heaven phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the, uh, the the two angel guys they have a, a, a secret heaven phone that they're like scared of, and it starts ringing at the end of the episode. Uh, one thing that we did see was Tulip being a bad influence on Jesse as a kid, right. and Jesse's dad beating him for it. Uh, and then we also saw an implication of Jesse's dad killing a guy yeah, because he's, you know, not, not a real preacher. <laughs> um, he's a, he's a heavy, yeah. uh, he makes people make a rabbit and a bear trap sounds, yeah. bunny and a bear trap. Uh, but yeah, it was a great episode again. Yeah. It's phenomenal absolutely. from start to finish. Loved it. 
Absolutely. Um, lots, love it. lots more character development, lots of awesome scenes, lots more of like really starting to figure out kind of the story. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm honestly just really terrified that this show is going to get canceled after one season. I, I, I really want this show to keep going for, for a long time. And I'm terrified that it's not going to, because I love it so much. Yeah. It's, it's really, really, really good. And I don't know anyone who's watching it other yeah. than like us. Yeah. And that terrifies me. Yeah. Like one of our coworkers today was like, oh, have you been watching Preacher? And I was actually surprised. It's like, yeah. oh, someone else knows about this show. Yeah, Weird. I, was, I was mainly just surprised to find out that he hasn't been listening to our podcast. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never hear that, so it's fine. <laughs> so some cool science stuff that's going on. Uh, I found out that at E3, they unveiled a small thing that didn't make any splash that I saw until today, but it is a glove or set of gloves, if you will, you can use either or that's called exotendon. And it is basically like a VR controller that also gives you tactile feedback, but renders in real time. And so not only does it allow you to use all five fingers in a VR setting, but it does little vibrations so that you can actually feel things in your hand and, and what have you. It's pretty neat. It does look like something that'd be in Fallout. Yeah, it looks like not. It looks low tech AF. But yeah, it looks the concept like concept mili- is really cool. Yeah, it looks like military tech from like the nineties. Um, but yeah, it's re- it's really neat, and I, I really like. You know, again, we keep going back to it, but it's so cool that we're right now like on the cusp. Not even on the cusp, but like this is like the the cutting edge is a VR, and it's just exploding, and we're just, we're just getting tons of new stuff back to back to back. And I, I love this, that we, we might just be able to use this like next year or, you know, something like it with our VR headsets is so cool to me. But yeah, it's uh, they're they're going to be releasing dev kits this fall. It's two fifty for two hundred fifty dollars for an individual glove or uh, like four seventy for two. Right. And then but they're trying to get the price down to about two two hundred ninety nine dollars for the set This right. is what their what their goal is. But that's just a projection, but really neat. And uh, not much, not much else out about it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things going on right now in VR with trying to improve controls because right. honestly, the headsets themselves came along so quickly right. that like that's not even like people's number one concern anymore. Right. The concern now is the realism of your hands moving around in the set. Yeah, um, and, it, and it should be. Yeah. For me, you know, it, like like the PS one, the PlayStation one is still using like the 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 move controllers. Yeah. From like five or six years ago. Uh, which I'm, I, I, I mean, I'm saying I'm bummed out about it in the same way that I was bummed out about some of the things in Game of Thrones. I mean, I'm still gonna love the VR set, and I'm not. It's not at all a detraction for me, but I would have loved for them to have come out with something newer, even if it was just an updated move controller. Right. So we'll see how that turns out. It looks cool, and again, like for me, honestly, less so than the actual realism of my movement is the haptic feedback. Yeah. Like actually feeling like you're picking up a thing, even if it's not like the texture of an apple. If it's like, I feel like there's a shape in my hand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what I want. Yeah. In in a, in a VR environment. That's I I want more than you haven't even like used real modern VR. And you're like, I really just want to be able to pick up this apple and taste it. (laughs) I really just want to go, go into the holodeck to be perfectly real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to go into the holodeck and then actually be able to kill Borg inside the holodeck because they haven't adapted to Tommy guns (laughs) reference. (laughs) Yes. So also in science, something that I wanted to touch on for a couple of different reasons uh, is the progress that we've made with rail guns. Yeah. Uh, U.S. military is actually creating or refining rail guns. They've been around for a long ass time, but they're ridiculously huge and cost a lot of power. They've made a lot of advancements. And as much as I think it's cool to have that technology. Right. To fire this rail gun, it requires a 25 megawatt power plant, which is enough energy to power 19,000 homes. Yeah, which is insane. So that's my that's what the first thing I wanted to say about it. Secondly, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So they fire these slugs at 4,500 miles an hour. Woof. It's like Mach 6, <laughs> just firing this just metal block, essentially. Yeah. It's just like a, basically a metal cinder block, just <laughs> launching it using electromagnets at Mach 6. Its range is 125 miles, so they're just going to put them on battleships, and they just go like, whomp people. <laughs> Like, oh, there's another battleship over there. Just hit it with this thing. Just from, from like 100 miles away. Yeah. 
from a hundred miles away, just like put a single slug through it that just like splits the whole boat in half. That's so crazy. I come to find out that so Ronald Reagan in the eighties had his like strategic defense initiative, which right. was like the Star Wars missile mm-hmm. defense. Right. Missed opportunity for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> True, true. But yeah, so, I mean, it's cool that the technology exists and that, you know, like something that different from conventional weapons exists. But again, like we don't need to be more destructive, A, and B, we don't need to just be throwing that power in the fucking trash (laughs) when we already don't have enough energy. Right. But whatever. Yeah. What can you do? So in the world of video games, I'm going to touch on a topic that we have talked about multiple times, but there's... (laughs) Almost every episode of this game has been brought up. <laughs> yeah. So we've been playing a hell of a lot of Overwatch, and we are going to talk about it again because there's some new kind of info out. There's some new news and some exciting stuff, some of which I've been really, really fiending for. So Overwatch, at the end of this month, supposedly, is going to have an update that is going to bring in competitive play. This is exciting for quite a lot of different reasons, but mainly for me, one big thing, I love Overwatch, but one big thing, really... So this this flaw that he's about to tell you about made me want to throw the game in the trash within the first two weeks. <laughs> yeah, so... Right now, the only real mode of play that you have that's worth anything really is the quick play, which really is just like almost like practice mode yeah, for, for competitive, competitive play. play. Yeah. Like when you watch the the devs talking about competitive play, they're basically just like, oh, yeah, we don't give a fuck about quick, quick matches. They're just for funsies. It's the game is really about the competitive matches. Which, Which makes sense. It's yeah, absolutely. Totally fine. Yeah, yeah. But why the fuck isn't it out yet? But whatever. It's going to be out in a few weeks, so whatever. But my main detraction with the game is that because right now you can really only play in quick matches. Anyone can be any hero they want which is cool, except there's no limit per team. And so you have six people on a team. You can just pick six of the same hero and every hero is synergistic with each other. And some of them are just ridiculous, like Torbjorn being able to create six goddamn turrets, six bastions, six Widowmakers. Some of them are just ridiculous. And you don't even need six, even like two Torbjorns. Some, you know, like what was it yesterday? We had two games in a row, though. I, I just fully rage quit the game because we had one that was like three Torbjorns and two Widowmakers. And then, like, oh, no, 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 it was three Widowmakers and two Torbjorns. Okay, yeah. And it was just, it wasn't even fun. And like, I get it. There's the people out there that are like, but it's, you can get around it. There's ways. And it's like, that's not the point. Like, the, the point is to have a fun, enjoyable game where there's tons of different heroes to choose from. Why the fuck? Like, e- even if that's the case, just let us be able to filter it. You can filter it in, like, if you did, like, a LAN with, like, five of your friends and you just, like, LAN up. You can filter and, and select, like, an option to do, you have to have, you know, limit one per team. You can do limit one per team, limit two per team, or just ban a character. Yeah, and that so the functionality already exists. Why not allow matchmaking even within quick play to just flip the option on? Yeah, just to, the option's already fucking there. Just put it so that the option integrates into matchmaking. Yeah, don't even like you don't even have to like give me a whole bunch of choices. Just give me quick play A, which is just plain Jane, or right. quick play quick play B, which is character limited. Yeah. Oh no, it's impossible. It's yeah, it's beyond us. I don't I don't fucking understand. Blizzard it does not all. have the technology. <laughs> yeah. It, it it is infuriating to me. So anyway, getting back to the subject at hand, it looks like in competitive play you are going to be limited to one specific... You can't have multiples of the same character on the team. Yeah. You will be able to have, like, one on each team, but not more than one on your own team. Right, which just makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense for it to be any other way in a game that already has a million fucking characters, and they're only going to be rolling out more... I don't understand why it was ever even any other way. That's yeah. crazy to me that Blizzard was like, ah, he even says it in the video. Like, if you want to play with just like four maze on your team, fuck off. Like, have you ever played? This is actually four? frustrating and not fun. Yeah. Have you ever played against four maze? It's I want to throw your game away. Like, <laughs> I want to throw it in the trash. Yeah. Like everyone else has. Yeah, 14 days. Uh, Anyway, so a little more details about this. So it's going to work in seasons. So the seasons are going to be about two and a half months long. And I guess each season, your rank goes back to one. Right, right. And then as you do well, your rank goes up. And if you do poorly, your rank goes down. 
and you can hit a maximum rank of, of 100, lowest ranks one. And ranking up actually does things other than just pitting you against people of similar rank to you. You also are going to be able to qualify for specific skins, sprays, and they were even talking about potentially giving like gun skins and right. stuff, which is really, really cool to me. I, I think it's going to help the game a lot. I think it's going to, I mean, it's already an awesome game. I think it's going to be exactly what the game needs to take it from being a pretty fucking cool game to being an incredible game. Yeah, I agree. And I'm completely fired up about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to be rad. Hopefully it comes out in like two weeks and hopefully I never have to play against more than one Torbjorn again. So let's uh, let's warp speed over to the only game we talk about more than Overwatch. <laughs> no Man's Sky. It's um, so, you know, we've talked about No Man's Sky a thousand times before this podcast ever even started. We were obsessed with No Man's Sky for like three years. Yeah. We basically haven't shut up about it for like three years. Yeah. Real. It's been delayed a few times and it's been disappointing. Uh, we've dealt with it and we've waited and now, you know, we're getting close. It's only like two months away now. Right. However, it just came out like yesterday or the day before mm-hmm. that apparently the company Hello Games has been involved in like a secret legal battle with Sky TV, which is like a British television company over the word Sky. They were trying to say like, nope, you got to change the name of your game. You got to change. You got to take Sky out of it because we're Sky and you can't have Sky in your name. Yeah. You can't use an incredibly common English word anywhere in your title. Yeah. And so apparently previously Microsoft had a product coming out called SkyDrive and they lost a lawsuit to these guys and had to change the name to OneDrive. (laughs) So stupid. So it's a huge, huge, like monumentous thing that Hello Games was able to win this lawsuit. Yeah. That's awesome. Because Microsoft lost a similar lawsuit to these guys. Yeah, so crazy. Um, But a lot of people are speculating that this might be why they had to delay the game again. Because in theory, they might have had to change the name. You know what I mean? And how much much harder would it have been to change the name once the game was out? Yeah, retroactively, yeah. Yeah, that's so fucking stupid to me. Yeah. It's actually funny because the lawsuit, it just came out like two days ago that it was over. Right. The game was supposed to come out today. Oh really? Yeah, tonight at midnight. Damn. If I remember, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it probably was that. Thanks shit. a lot, Sky TV. Yeah, fuckers. We could be playing No Man's Sky tonight. Oh, fucking assholes. It just like it pisses me off so much because again, it, because it's such a fucking common word. Like if it was a portmanteau, or if it was some weird, weird like esoteric word, I could maybe get behind it. It's Sky. Yeah. Like there's just that's what big red soda suing Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> yeah, it no. doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Like Gran Turismo, Grand Theft Auto, ooh, can't do it. Like it just it's like what? I I don't understand it. Yeah, anyway. it's, it's really stupid. And and Sean Murray, the you know the head of Hello Games, even tweeted saying it was stupid. Right. He basically said like, oh, we just won in like a secret stupid three year legal battle over the word Sky, uh, but it's over now, so whatever. But yeah, so I just wanted to talk about that because. That's probably the reason why we're not playing No Man's Sky tonight. So fuck you, Sky TV. Yeah, fucking scumbag. So in the land of movies, which we had a very difficult time this week of finding cool stuff to talk about for yeah, you. Yeah, not a lot of cool movie stuff happening right now, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so I found this movie today that I had never heard of before, before today. This is another one of those that if I had known you didn't know about it, I would have been like, Garrett, look at this movie that they pulled out of your head. <laughs> real. Come, check out, come check out this movie that they took out of a dream of yours and made real. It's real. So there's a movie called Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And it's very fucking cool. It's like X-Men. It's like Tim Burton's X-Men. <laughs> yeah. So it's there's just this school, this fantasy school that's that is just for people like with gifts. And and by gifts I mean magic powers. Right. And we saw several of them. We saw an invisible kid. We saw a girl that just, just has air powers. Yeah. She's just like full of compressed air. So she just has all kinds of air powers. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, among other things, I don't know yet what the main character's power is, but it looks rad. We saw Samuel L. Jackson's a bad guy and he shapeshifted his hand into like an axe, which was fucking cool. Ava Green is in it, which I really like her and she's dope. She's Miss Peregrine, right? Yeah. And she's also a shapeshifter. Yeah, you, you see her shapeshift into uh, a peregrine falcon, I believe it was. And, and then at, she, at some point, she's going to have a crossbow, yep. which already buckled. My buckle shoe, buckle my shoe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's directed by Tim Burton, and it looks it looks really cool. I also want to note that, so it's based on a novel that was released in 2011, uh, which is a really fast turnaround for like, this book came out, you know, five years ago, 
and already like in a few months. So it's like that book had to have come out and this had to have been greenlit for a movie like immediately. Right. It might have actually been like in the deal in publishing. Who knows? But it's by the book was written by a dude named Ransom Riggs. Yep. That's his real name. Ransom for- Riggs is up there with uh, <laughs> yeah. Trey Crowder and uh, Walton Goggins <laughs> as the most cowboy names that have ever been made. Literally, that's why I brought his name up. I was I was like, that's the that's the new one. It's that's the countryest, most gunslinger name I've ever heard. Ransom Riggs. I for sure 110% thought that that was a pen name. And I Googled it. And I was like, what's this dude's real name, though? Ransom no, Riggs. His name is Ransom Riggs. And it even said in his wiki article, it said, like, he was born on a 200-year-old farm. And I was like, of course, okay. Ransom Riggs was born on a 200-year-old farm. But yeah, it's like Ransom Riggs, Walton Goggins, and Trey Crowder go to hold up a stagecoach together. <laughs> That sounds like a, a joke, but really, they just, they just have cool fucking cowboy names. This is the coolest name. Ransom, first and foremost. Your name's Ransom? Is that a family name? <laughs> and then secondly, Riggs. Of the, of the Minnesota Ransoms. <laughs> and then Riggs. Right. Which is already... So it's just like, thank you. I can't believe he's not a junior. <laughs> Real. High five your parents. Hopefully he makes one. <laughs> yeah. Because Ransom Riggs the third needs to be a real person. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, and then to finish up, the only other thing we wanted to touch on was some Spider-Man casting news for Spider-Man Homecoming. And funny enough, I had originally planned on talking about this because Donald Glover was cast uh, a couple of days ago. right? Uh, and that's really cool because while we don't know who he's playing, it, he was fan casting for Miles Morales for like a few years. But yeah. like, people on the internet were like ravenously like, <laughs> p- like making petitions and stuff like yeah, Donald yeah. Glover has to be the new Spider-Man, etc. cetera. Um, <laughs> and some people were ravenously opposed to yeah, him yeah, ever those, doing Yeah, it. but those are those, you know, those people. Right, right. Um, anyhow. The, the Odins, if you will. Oof, the Odin Ken Cannons of the world. So that's awesome. I mean, he's not, he's not playing Spider-Man, which honestly, ultimately... I'm sort of glad just because Tom Holland is fucking incredible right. as, as Spider-Man right, right. as we saw in Civil War. Um, but I am really excited that he got cast. The cast is already like really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we already have, we have Tom Holland, we have uh, Marissa Tomei. Um, we have Tom, Robert Downey Jr. You know, reprising his role as Tony Stark for the 8,000th and possibly last time. Yeah, maybe. But just now, as I was researching this, I found out that they cast Hannibal Burris in the movie as an unnamed role, which is so cool. Yeah. That's uh, so we're stacking up. We got comedians. Yeah, we got oh Michael Keaton as the villain. Yeah, um, which hasn't been uh, officially announced. But spoiler alert: I, as soon as he was cast, I was like, he's got to play the vulture. Yeah, absolutely. And then apparently that's like rumored that he is playing. I think it's confirmed now. Is it confirmed? I think it's confirmed. Well, either way, you know, add that to the list of things I've predicted on this podcast, which is really cool because Vulture is not your run of the mill typical villain that you would expect to see in like a Marvel movie or, or even a superhero movie in general, even the shitty like fantastic four ones. And so it's awesome to see that. I I love that they plucked, uh, they, 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 they picked a, uh, a not, a not so. Oh, were you trying to do like a shitty feather joke? I didn't even mean to. I I just said like they, they plucked, they plucked him up. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really pumped about that. I, I think it's going to be awesome. I think this movie is going to be really, really, really cool. I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with it. I mean, I'm not as pumped up as if they'd use Mysterio, but what can you do? Maybe the sequel. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Mysterio. Yeah. You know, I, there were a lot of rumors that that was who, mm-hmm. um, Bruce Campbell was playing in the original trilogy. Really? Uh, and that's why he kept appearing. Because ah. that, that same actor was in every movie. Right. But it never happened. Uh, I love Mysterio. He's incredible. Yeah. Um, so that would have been cool. But you know what? Vulture off chain. Oh, yeah. Vulture Vulture's a really cool really cool villain that, that honestly could have a lot of depth in a, in a film. I, I'm, I'm really pumped up about it. And, and Keaton doing it is, is extra cool. So we'll get to see Donald Glover hopefully having a cool role. And yeah, Burris having a cool role. Yep. I'm, I'm really they also they've cast uh, Logan Marshall Green from Prometheus as a secondary unnamed villain. Who who is he in Prometheus? Uh, he was the he was like the guy. Oh, like the main dude. Yeah, like the guy who got like the oh yeah okay the, the eyeball. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay, he he's been cast as an unnamed secondary villain in Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, he's a villain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, again, they haven't said who yet. Crossing my fingers for um, Smythe. Oh man, that would be such good casting for him too. Yeah. He looks like a Smythe. Oh, he does look like a Smythe, but I feel like that is maybe too if esoteric. They're, if they're already going like full yeah. esoteric, mm-hmm. I don't know if 
if they're already going vulture, I, I don't know if Smythe would have the wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know who who they're gonna go with, but they. Luckily, could, Spider-Man he, he, has a million villains. He could also do a chameleon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he could look like a chameleon, but I, I really see him as more of being like. And I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of any Spider-Man villains that would jump out like this. But I see him more as being like a like a crossbones, oh. or like a like a bat truck, like just a guy who punches. You know what I mean? Just right. like a, like a like a gun guy, not yeah. like an actual super villain. Right. Especially Ooh, Scorpion would be cool. Scorpion is actually one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. Yeah. When Scorpion, when, when Mac Gargan got the symbiote mm-hmm. in in the comics and became oh, yeah. like this giant, like fourteen foot tall, like yeah. monster, literal, like. He ate people. Yeah. He like ate human flesh. Yeah. He was like worse than carnage somehow. Oh yeah. Uh, that's, I loved that storyline. Yeah. It was cool. And then, uh, Norman Osborn gave him like some like magic, like pill, uh, that was nano machines that like allowed him to control it. And then he became like six armed black suit Spider-Man on the dark Avengers. Oh really? Yeah. He, Mac Gargan venom was the like Spider-Man replacement on the first dark Avengers. team. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, Scorpion's a really cool character as well, and he's like, in this in in terms of Spider Man, he's like almost OP. Yeah. Ooh, he could be Shocker also. Oh yeah, that's that'd be a good one, especially since like, while I loved aspects of Jamie Fox, I while I liked aspects of his character, I overall I was very disappointed in how the writing was. Yeah. For absolutely that character in that movie, it would be cool to incorporate a well done electricity based villain and shocker's cool. And he, and he is one of the smaller ones. Yeah. It's, I mean, he's sinister six, but he's definitely one of the smaller, lesser known Spider-Man villains. So you could just have him as like a crossbone crossbones, like throwaway. Right. Right. He could just be like a guy who has like a shock glove. Yeah. And not actually be like full electricity powers. Yeah. Cause like shocker is basically just like a Faraday cage wrapped around a guy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of the strangest costumes. I actually like the weird quilted look. I think it's cool. I think, I think that they've made it work, but it definitely, if you just look at it, you're like, what the fuck is that? But it, it, I think it does. I, I think it works really well. They've yeah. made it work. But ultimately, like I am, as much as I still hate the subtitle Homecoming, right? I, I am still really, really excited to see this movie, and I really hope that it does justice to Spider-Man. Yeah. As much as I, I, I didn't hate any of them. Right. Even Spider-Man Three, it had a ton of problems, but mm-hmm. I was still in the theater watching a fucking Spider-Man movie. Right. Right. Um, and this was before Marvel had like blown the fuck up, and we knew that that Marvel, the comic book movies were just the way. number one thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing the first Spider-Man movie and like having my mind blown by it. Yeah. And yeah. now looking back on it, I'm like, he had some serious flaws. Right. Um, and even the second one, the second one I think is the best one. I do too. Alfred Molina actually killed it as Doc Ock. Like he was incredible. Yeah, he was. But, well, and, I, and honestly, they, they did a good job in a lot of regards with that because like Norman Osborn was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, was great. And then, yeah, Doc Ock was incredible, and Sandman was incredible. So they did actually a really good job of casting all of the villains, except, I, I feel, uh, Venom. Yeah, Sandman's casting physically was good. I don't know if Thomas Hayden Church has the chops to carry Sandman for me. Yeah. Um, but physically, obviously, he's just, he is he, he's he's like one of those. Identical, yeah. But yeah, so I, I just want to see a Spider-Man movie that is maybe not on par with like Age of Ultron or right. Avengers 1, mm-hmm. but that can stand in that universe with, sure. with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I right. know it's still, it's not, you know, it's still got Sony juice flowing through it, <laughs> but if it can even compare to like the lowest tier. Right, yeah. Of Marvel Cinematic Universe, it will be better than the other five Spider-Man movies. No, absolutely, absolutely, and and for me, that I, I want that, but I also want something that fits the spirit of Spider-Man. And luckily, Spider-Man in in Civil War did that. Yeah, absolutely. So if they just keep that, if they keep that going, that it fit perfectly. I mean, he nailed Peter Parker. He nailed Spider-Man. If they just keep doing what they're doing and they, they write a very, very good movie with a solid script, with good villains, with good characters, and he can just let him do that mm-hmm. in that movie, it's going to be awesome. I think it'll be one of the better ones. To be, I'm, to I'm be really, I, my hopes are way up. Yeah, me too. We got a ways to go though. We got years. Yeah, yeah. but it's going to be rad. Yep. Marvel movies off the chain. DC movies on the chain. <laughs> Except for hopefully Aquaman, and maybe the Flash. Yeah, I'm not hopes down. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it. Yeah, that's everything. Episode nine. Yep, another one in the bank. And yeah. Thanks everybody for coming out and listening. Keep keep it going. Yeah. We only do it because you guys enjoy listening to it. Yeah, tell your friends. 
Tell your family. Do that. <laughs> also, if you're our friends, listen to our podcast. <laughs> if you made it this far. <laughs> I don't want to say you're obligated to, but you kind of are obligated to. So do it. That or play Overwatch when I'm playing Overwatch. Yeah, do that too. I, I Yeah, add us on PlayStation Network. <laughs> we'll go, you know, one only one of each hero type on our team. Real. I'll quit. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking quit if, if a person on my team goes to Tobjorn's. I, re- I really will. See y'all next time.